today we're going to be in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. I've entitled this message uh, "Walk by Faith, Not by Science." Today is a special day. Um, we don't always bring up all of the Wilton Christian School staff and, and teachers, uh, faculty and staff, um, but we do do it once a year. Uh, it's a reminder to us as a church uh, that we need to be praying uh, for all of the individuals that were, were up here because uh, education uh, these days is not uh, easy. Uh, Christian schools are... Uh, folding, they are closing, and uh, the Lord has given us grace here at Wilton Bible Church uh, to allow us to stay open for now over 50 years. We've had over 50 years of ministry uh, through Wilton Christian School, which is uh, really, really just great. And so it is something special, and um, I, I, I thought about it as, as I prayed, but really not, not all um, not all ministries could have a Christian school like we can. Uh, there's several reasons, maybe either because they're church side or because of their location or because of their buildings or maybe because of their finances or maybe because of, of their, the vision of their church. And so some just are not able uh, to be able to have a Christian school. And yet uh, we are uh, able to have a Christian school. And so why was Wilton Christian School uh, started. Well, Wilton Christian School was originally started uh, to really give um, the families of Wilton Bible Church as well as our community an alternative uh, to public schools and uh, to give them an opportunity to have uh, Christian education. And so it was started in 1972 and it continues on uh, today. Now, when we first opened up the school, uh, we started with ACE curriculum, which is uh, kind of curriculum-led um, teaching, and uh, we transitioned uh, from that to teacher-led, uh, teacher-led. Let's see here, teacher-led curriculum. No, uh, teacher-led classes uh, in 2006. So there was a change there. And uh, really, there was another change that happened after 2006, and that was during COVID. So uh, during COVID, as you know, many of the public schools uh, were closed. And because we were a private school, we were allowed to uh, stay open. And uh, as parents started to kind of identify what was being taught in some of their uh, being taught to their kids in the public school, they really started searching for an alternative, as well as many of those families that were uh, putting their kids in front of a computer screen during COVID, they thought, this is not working. We got to do something else. And so many of them tried Wilton Christian School. And so we, uh, we doubled or even more than that uh, from where we were uh, prior to COVID. So how many students do we have these days? We have 84 students uh, this year from the kindergarten all the way up to the 12th grade. And there's more students in the preschool. So I would say we're probably just below 100 students if you count the preschool. But 84 students this year, which is really great. Uh, when I first uh, came as the pastor, uh, we had maybe uh, 40 students or maybe between 30 and 40 students. And uh, now we have 84 students, uh, many of them in the elementary. I think we have 51 kids in the elementary this year. Uh, but also the middle school and the high school is uh, growing, which is, is good to see that. 
So why Christian education or what is Christian education? And really to answer what Christian education is, we'd have to first answer what is education. And so I got this from dictionary.com. And uh, dictionary.com says this, the act of inquiring general knowledge, developing the power of reasoning and judgment, and preparing oneself or others intellectually for mature life. So Wilton Christian School is, is about educating kids, but it's not just so that they can go off to a, a, some, some major college or, or that they can one day have a career and make lots of money. Now, that is true of some of our graduates. They have gone off to major colleges and they have been, been um, blessed in business, uh, but that's not the reason why uh, we have a Christian school. Really, we have a Christian school so that we can partner with parents. And really the mandate of, or not the mandate, but our goal, the ministry of Wilton Christian School exists to assist parents in their God-given mandate to raise their children in the Lord. And so just a reminder that that has not been delegated to the school. So as you think about all the staff members that were up here, we do not replace uh, Christian parents. Instead, we partner uh, with Christian parents. And so Wilton Christian is a place where they can send their kids and uh, know that their kids will be loved and uh, that uh, know that we're going to partner with them as they uh, raise their children. And truly, as we think about our students and as they grow in the Lord, our desire is that they walk by faith and not by sight. And that's why I wanted to focus on uh, 2 Corinthians today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and this whole idea because one, we as a church, one, we as leadership, I guess that would be two, uh, three, we as staff, uh, we need to, to learn to walk by faith and not by sight, but we also need to teach our students uh, to walk by faith and not by sight. So we're going to be looking at that uh, today. And so we're going to read just um, four verses to get us started. And so this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 6, and it says this. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Let's go ahead and stop there. Last word blessing upon our time. Lord, we do thank you for giving us an opportunity to celebrate the staff of, of Wilton Christian School. We thank you for the years of ministry uh, that you've, you've given to us and, and even continuing into this next year. And so, Lord, we do pray that as we have some time around God's word as a church, as well as uh, with our staff, uh, that we would be encouraged in you, that we would have focus uh, this next year. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd use this message to touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of education is, is what can be seen. And so uh, science is what we observe. Uh, math, I mean, uh, you probably remember your teacher saying, show your work. And so uh, it's uh, oftentimes education is about what is seen. We have English papers, we have quizzes, we have tests. Uh, education is about observing students and assessing students. And so we're teaching them, we're figuring out where they are, and we're helping them to move uh, in the right direction. But there's a lot that happens within our students' lives that we cannot see and that we truly cannot assess. 
And that's one of the reasons why I think it's important for us to reflect on this topic today of walking by faith, not by science. So let me give you a little bit of context here of what is happening. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 5, Paul is really confronting his readers with this. This life is not the only life to live. And so he confronts them with the fact that there is something to come, that there is more to this life than this present reality. And so look back in, in, in chapter 4. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. And notice what the Word of God says. Paul says this, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so really, chapter 4 and 5, Paul, Paul takes a shift, and he's reminding his readers that the, the, the current life that we're living is not the only life. And so what we see is, is not what we will always see, that really we have a hope of a resurrection, that we have a hope of living with God forever and ever. I should point out a couple of things here as we get started. First of all, this uh, word here, unseen, as we think about the unseen heart of our, of our students. And really, as, as parents, this would also fall to us that really we can't see the hearts of our children, right? There is something that is unseen about them. But let me, let me tell you what is happening here with this word. This word is actually two Greek words. Now, in the, in the English Standard Version, I don't know about the version that you have in front of you, uh, whether or not it translates as two words or one word. The ESV just gives us unseen. But literally, this is how you would translate the two Greek words, not seen. That's actually what the Greek says. It says not seen. And I, I bring that to our attention because there are some things in life that are not seen or unseen but there is a difference between not seen and invisible. Let me give you a, a, an illustration of that, all right? When we live in the city, and some of you guys live in Elk Grove or Galt or Sacramento, and, and when you look up into the sky at night, you see some bright stars. But guess what? When you go up into the mountains and you get away from the lights, you begin to see what was unseen before. And according to scientists, that when you look through a telescope, there's even more to see that the naked eye cannot see. There is more unseen than even we can see when we're up in the mountains. And so that is actually the idea of this verse today, this idea of unseen, something that is not invisible, but something that is just not seen yet. And so Paul is talking about heaven. Paul is talking about something that we have not seen yet, something that is unseen, but something that is there, something that we will one day see. And so Paul, is, as he is um, talking to the church, he's really reminding them that this life with its present reality is not the only reality, but truly we will one day live with God forever and ever. I had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to 
um, give the pastoral challenge on Wednesday. And our theme for Wilton Christian School this year is Love Like Jesus from uh, 1 John chapter 4. And so that's our theme for this year. So we began to think to ourselves, and I, I asked the teachers, and, and uh, we began to think to ourselves, how does Jesus love? How does Jesus love? And so we began to bring up some of the things that showed how Jesus loves. And, and then we said, okay, and, and according to 1 John chapter 4, we, we see that that love comes from God. And so then we asked the question, how does God love? And there were lots of comments uh, around that talked about how God loves us. About one of the staff members said, God loves us through his sovereignty, which was great. But we're not sovereign. So I had to ask the question, how do we love others through God's sovereignty? And so the, the, uh, the staff, they, they thought for a second, and, and then they began to say things like this that God has brought us here, that, that within his will, we are the staff that has been brought here. Our kids that we are working with this year have been brought to us by God, that, that we don't always see what is happening in our, children, in, our, in our students' hearts, but we can trust that God is at work. So we can even love our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow staff, our fellow students, in the Lord as he is sovereign by trusting him. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today because there's a lot of things that we don't see. There's a lot of things that we do see. There's a lot of things that we don't see. And really the Bible says that we should be Christians who walk by faith and not by sight. So that's our, that's our topic today, walking by faith and not by sight. And really, as we uh, think about Wilton Christian School, it's not about the finances or the facilities. Uh, that's not the big picture. Really, the big picture is this, that God called us as a church in 1972 to start a Christian school and, and to continue that Christian school year after year and after, uh, year after year after year. And really, we are partnering, and, and what we did today by, by pulling all of these staff members up front is reminding us as a church that we are partnering with all of these people to go out and do the ministry of Wilton Christian School. That really the staff that we have in front of us, they are also in full-time ministry. Now, they may not have the title of pastor. They may not have the title of missionary, but you know what? As staff in a Christian school, they are part of full-time ministry. They are serving the Lord as he leads. And so we must be men and women, uh, whether we work for Wilton Christian School or whether we're just Christians who are just trying to make it through life, uh, we must be Christians who walk by faith and not by sight. So the very first thing uh, that we need to point out today is that if we are going to be individuals who walk by faith, or if we're going to see our students walk by faith, there is a requirement, all right? And this is the requirement. Spiritual eyes are a must. Spiritual eyes are a must. Before salvation, we, we, we don't perceive anything else that is happening in this world except what our eyes see. But the Bible says that when 
we become Christians, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and, and the Holy Spirit comes into our life and he begins to teach us things that we cannot see. He begins to work in us and work through us. He begins to change us from the inside out. And so until a soul comes to Christ, they can only walk by sight. And really, it's easy to walk by sight when God uh, looks, or it looks like God is blessing your life. Maybe you're, you're having good health or good finances, or maybe all your relationships are going well. It's really easy to walk by sight when things are going well. But really, as Paul is writing here in 2 Corinthians, and we're not going to look at it, but the way that he starts off in chapter 1 is he says, the burden that we were bearing was so heavy, it was going to crush us. But then as he moves into chapter 4 and 5, he begins to reflect on, but this, the thing that we currently see is not the only reality. That God is actually working behind the scenes, and there are things that we can put our faith and trust in, such as one day we will be with him forever and ever and ever. And so it's easy when things are going well, but you know, as adults, we know that things don't always go well. We've had bad days or bad weeks or bad years or maybe even longer as we think about health or finances or relationships. And really, if we simply taught our kids, you know what, go out into life, everything is going to be okay, we'd be lying to them because life has its challenges. And so we don't only prepare them to go out and, and to work a job and to go out and, and go to college but we're really preparing them for the rest of their life. We're trying to teach them to walk by faith and not by sight. So our goal cannot be to simply educate them. It must be to share that life-giving gospel. So go ahead and, and look at uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching. God has given uh, the staff here an opportunity uh, to really be evangelists uh, to our students. Now, that first level of evangelism comes from parents within the home, right? So parents within the home are the, the, the home evangelists. And so they should be sharing the gospel. They should be encouraging their kids. They should be teaching their kids. Their kids should feel like there is a safe place uh, within their family and within their home. To be able to ask questions and, and to be able to say, Mom and Dad, I'm struggling with these things. Will you help me with these things? Or, Mom and Dad, I, I don't think I'm a Christian. How do I become a Christian? And really, as, as parents, we should be home evangelists. And then the school partners with those parents. And so really, we're partnering with parents by, by in also encouraging those kids. And so we see that happen throughout the year, as it does every year. So sometimes the gospel is given in class. And matter of fact, there's been kids that have been saved in class. Sometimes it's through evangelistic meetings. And this year, we're actually going to have some evangelistic meetings again this year uh, from War Special Forces. I'm looking for Pastor Peter to give me a nod, but it doesn't look like he's here. But the War Special Forces, the, the Van Gelderen team is going to be with us, and they're going to be preaching to the kids. And they're going to be sharing the gospel. Then it also happens in chapel. So the gospel is regularly presented to these kids. We are God's evangelists through Wilton Christian School. Matter of fact, as we think about our theme, 
be my witnesses. That is what our staff is doing at Wilton Christian School. There are kids getting saved through our ministry, and that is exciting. But how do we as a church participate? Because remember, the, the original mandate, or really um, uh, parents are, are, are told through the word of God that they should raise their children in, in, a, in a godly way. And then we have the staff that is partnering with them. So how do we as a church partner with the staff as partnering with the parents? Because we're kind of like the third one down. We know what we do? We faithfully pray for our staff. And we faithfully pray for our students. And I know many of you already do. Like, on your regular prayer list, Wilton Christian School is there, and the staff is there. And, and staff, I do want you to know that even though some of you don't go to here to Wilton Bible Church, we do pray for you guys regularly. Because we understand that spiritual things cannot happen without God. And so you guys could teach and teach and teach, and we could share the gospel. But unless God is at work... Those things won't take root, and so we pray for you guys, whether you're a part of our church or not, because truly, as being part of Wilton Christian School, you're part of our ministry, you're part of our church family, and so we do uh, faithfully pray for you guys. And so as we think about this very first point, this idea of spiritual eyes, we must know that uh, we must share that good news. And so Paul says this, this is in uh, Romans uh, 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so that idea there is the gospel. So people receive the gospel because the gospel is shared. Paul talked about uh, some plants, some water, but God gives uh, the increase. And so it is that sharing, that watering, that planting, and then allowing God to create new life uh, within our students. And our students need that. And so the very first thing, and, and this is for everybody here, all right? If, if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord, know that there's no way that you can walk by faith without first really putting your faith and trust in the Lord. Because you don't have spiritual eyes. You only see what is right in front of you. And until you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, uh, that's all that we're able to see, which is what is right in front of us. All right, the second thing. There's another must as we think about this. Serving the Lord is a must, as Paul uh, talks about here. If we really believe that this is not the only reality, that there is another reality that is also true, that we will all day, uh, we will all one day uh, live in heaven with the Lord, then serving the Lord is also a must. And so notice here in verse 8, yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And so Paul points out this fact that the believers are in one of two places, all right? One of two places. Either they're here and they're living and they're, and, and they're serving the Lord. Actually, we're going to see that in just a second. But either they're here and they have life and they're separated from God. Or, number two, for the believer, they have passed away and they're with the Lord. So for the believer, there's only one of two things that is possible. Either you are living here and you're away from the Lord, not away as, just speaking of distance, uh, away from the Lord, or you've passed away and you're with the Lord. That means that there is no Christians in hell, all right? That means that there is no Christians wandering the planet, haunting some house somewhere, all right? 
There are no Christian ghosts, the Bible says. The Christians are in one of two places. Either they're here and they're living and they're not with God, or they have departed from this world and they are with God. There's one of two places Paul talks about. Notice here in verse 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. So Paul says this, whether we are here and we are away from God, or whether we have departed this world and we are with God, this should be our aim. Whether we're with God or we're away from God, our aim should please the Lord. And really that goes for us as staff, us as leaders, us as as elders or deacons or the school board, as the admin team, as teachers. That also goes for every single person is here, man, woman, adult, child. Really, that should also be our aim. Is that our aim? Is our aim to please him? Is our aim to please God in this life? So Christians... We are all in the same boat here. And really, as we think about uh, desiring to please God, our aim in life is not to please those around us. It's not to save the planet. It's not to save the White House. All right. I know that those are, are, are things that sometimes Christians put very high up on their list. But the number one thing that should be on all of our list is our aim is to please God. And then those other things can trickle down from there. Let me give you an example. If our aim is to please God, and then we go back to Genesis and we realize that this world has been created for mankind and that God has given this world to mankind to be shepherds of, then we ask the question, well, are we being good shepherds in the way that we are taking care of this earth? But that is not the primary thing. The primary thing is my desire is to please God, and then all those other things should filter down from there. My aim is not to change the White House, all right? My aim should be to please God, and therefore I vote for things that I think would please God and politicians that would please God. And so that's what our aim should be. Now, I know sometimes as Christians we just think like, well, you know what, if we could just get rid of Gavin Newsom, like, just get him out of there, then, then everything would be okay. But really, what we need in California changes from the ground up. We need people to get saved. We need churches just like ours to spread the gospel and people to receive the gospel for God to be at work in California to change the heart of the people then we won't have to worry about bad politicians because Christians will be desiring to please God as number one. And they'll go down and they'll vote in that way. What, how, do I, how do I please God in my voting? And so really our aim, we, we may think that our aim is to save the planet or, or to love our neighbor or, or to um, uh, save the White House or save our state, but really our aim should be to bring honor to God. And all the rest of that should filter down through that idea. All right, let's look a little bit further in, in uh, 1 Corinthians. This is in the next chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 
uh, in verse 19, it says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? And so someone might ask the question today, why? Why is it important that we give honor to the Lord? Why is this a must? Why is it a must that, that the, our students honor the Lord with their lives? And this is why, because truly we are the Lord's. That really we are um, indwelt by the Holy Spirit as believers. And so the very first thing is that Christians are God's temple. At salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. And so Paul talks in a way about this in, in chapter 5, and so that's part of our context today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, and he says this, He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. And so one of the things that the Holy Spirit is to the believer, it is, it is that he assures us of our salvation. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, we know that one day, when we pass away, that we will be with the Lord because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Now, temples are a place to serve and worship, and we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, and therefore we should be people who serve and worship the Lord. We are God's temple, all right? So Christians are God's temple. There's a second thing here, that Christians have been bought with a price. And so notice there in verses 19 and 20, you are not your own for you are bought with a prize, so glorify God in your body. And there's a story of a of a little boy, and and the little boy um, took home a, a little kid, and and uh, he built himself a little boat, and uh, he he glued it together, and he painted it, and it was just so precious to him. And uh, one day he decided to go out and and let it do a little bit of sailing, and so uh, they went out to a river or or um, a lake there, and and uh, he, he set it on the water, and it began to move back and forth and maybe drift down the, down the river a little bit. And he was so proud of this little boat. He had made this little boat, and this little boat was floating down the river. But then all of a sudden, a gust of wind hit that little boat and pushed it out further. And, and the little boy, he reached out, and, and he couldn't grab it. And he reached out, and, and he couldn't grab it. And it seemed like the further down uh, it got, the more it got out into the river. And so eventually the boy just had to abandon the little boat. He had spent all this time. It was so precious to him. And that little boat drifted away. Well, you know, that's not the end of the story. The story continues that that little boy, he was with his parents, and they were, uh, they were walking down in, in the city, and, and uh, he always enjoyed looking into the toy shop. And that the toy shop had those big windows that was advertising the different toys, and he looks inside, and he sees a little boat. And he looks a little bit closer, and he begins to realize that's his little boat, and he knows it because he messed up on the paint job. And so he could see that that is his little boat. And so he went in and, and talked to the person uh, there at the toy store and asked him, how much is that little boat? I'd like to buy that little boat. And they gave him the price, and, and he pulled out his money. He didn't have enough. So what did he do? He went home, and, and, he, and he got some more money. He worked hard, and then he went back to that, that little toy shop, and he bought back that boat. And as he walked out of that toy shop, he held that boat in his hand, and he said, Boat, or he thought in his, to himself, Boat, you are doubly mine. I made you in your mind, and I bought you 
and their mind. And truly, that is true of us as Christians. God has made us, we are his, but God has saved us, he has bought us, we are doubly God's. And so why is serving God a, a must in this, in, this, in this context? Is because we are all God's. We are created by God. We are saved by God. So how do we keep this idea of serving the Lord as our focus this year? Number one, when problems arise, we trust God. We realize that he has a plan, and we want to play a part in that plan. So what do we do? We help others when they need help. Number two, we are thankful for the buildings and the people God has given to us. We are thankful that God has chosen us to serve this year. And so we serve him. Number three, we deeply care for those around us, our neighbors, our students, our families. We care for one another. Why? Because we serve the Lord and he cares for them. Remember, serving in a Christian school is not a job. Supporting a Christian school is not like eating at Chick-fil-A. <clears throat> I think there's uh, one comedian that talked about how he, uh, he hadn't found a church yet, but he supports a local ministry called Chick-fil-A every Saturday. And uh, that's not really a, a ministry. But you know, Wilton Christian School truly is a ministry. And, and I do know that there is some tuition that offsets the cost. But let me tell you, as, as a church, let me tell you guys, the staff already knows this. As a church, we don't pay our teachers for the amount of time they minister to our students and our, and our families. All right? We're not able to pay them above and beyond. And so they get a salary. But let me tell you, if they went and taught maybe across the street, they would make far more money than they do here at Wilton Christian School. But our staff doesn't teach her, teach her for the money. They teach her because they want to serve the Lord. And they see Christian education as important. And so all the individuals that you saw up here uh, today, all right, they could make more money working somewhere else. But Wilton Christian School is not a job. All right, Wilton Christian School is a ministry. And so they serve in our ministry. So truly, if we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, we must have spiritual eyes that we must also encourage our students to put their faith and trust in him so that they too may have spiritual eyes. And if we are Christians, we need to understand that whether we are in heaven or whether we are on earth, our aim should be to please God. That we should serve him with the life that we have and we should bring him honor and glory. This, the last thing that we have today is our reward is in heaven. Our reward is in heaven. So this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, as we continue to work through our passage today. And it says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And so here, as, as we think about this very last thing, that truly for our staff and for us today as well, that when we walk by faith, we realize this. There are many riches that we have not seen yet, 
but that there are many riches in heaven that is, is waiting for us as we serve the Lord. Now, Paul does give us, in, in 1 Corinthians, he does give us um, some warning, and he says this. This comes from 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3, verse 12, and he says this. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation of, with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will uh, will de- uh disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each has done and so paul here is he's talking about how we serve the lord whether we serve the lord for our benefits to make a name for ourselves to fill money in our bank account to i don't know serve the lord for some reason if we serve the lord for any reason besides to bring god glory to really honor god with with our service then those things the Bible talks about will be burned up as wood, hay, and stubble, or and, and uh, straw. And so wood, hay, and straw. And so uh, what we do as as staff, and that's one of the reasons why our focus needs to be first. I want to bring God glory. Whether we're staff, whether we're Christians, whether we're leaders, our goal should be: I want to bring God glory. How do I bring God glory? Realizing there's something that is unseen yet, but something that will be revealed. In verse 14, it says this. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So one day, when we stand before Christ, we either what we have done for him will be burned up because we really did it for ourselves, or it will be revealed as gold, silver, and precious stones because we truly did do it for him. And then that'll show God's grace in our life because truly our natural, our natural shift is to do things for ourselves because we want to get ahead. We want our life to be good and nice. But really one day when, we, when we're given a reward, it will simply show God's goodness to us. And so remember, Christians, the money you have in the bank will go to someone one day when you pass into eternity. So why not use it for the Lord while you still have time so that you might lay up gold, silver, and precious stones? As we close today, let's go ahead and look back at our opening passage. So our opening passage is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 6, and it says this, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are home, we are in the body, and we are away, we are with the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And so this morning we have seen three ways in which really our, our minds and our focus should be as we work, uh, work along souls, as we minister to souls. Number one, we need spiritual eyes, all right? And if we don't have them, we, we need to uh, put our faith and trust in the Lord. We need spiritual life. And others around us need Christ. Our students, if they're going to walk by faith, if they're going to, we talked about this on Wednesday and the, and the staff get together, if they're going to love like Jesus, they must have Jesus as their Savior And so spiritual eyes are a must. Number two, serving the Lord is a must. Why? We are doubly gods. He has made us. 
He has bought us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What is the temple used for? For worship and honor. What should, what should be a pattern of our life? Worship and honor of our Lord. Number three, we might not have a lot of treasures on this earth, but the thing that is yet to be seen is the treasure that we will have in heaven. And so let me encourage you, whether you're a staff member, whether you're a Christian here today, let's not continue to move through this life doing things for ourselves or maybe speaking in such a way to, to make people think better of us. But instead, let's just be honest with the Lord and allow him to continue to reveal to us things that we need to let go, things that we need to grab onto. And so allow the Lord to work in your life so that we can give him honor and glory. Again, why? Because we are doubly his. We have those spiritual eyes. And so let's go out and let's use them. Let's see that there is more to this life than our present situation. That And really, eternity cannot be compared to some of the things that we have in this life. We have so much more to look forward to. So let's be Christians who walk by faith and not by sight. Let us be Christians who walk by trusting in God's promises. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness. We, th we thank you, Lord, that, that uh, we are not perfect individuals. And as, as I think about the staff and, and the leadership and, and myself, I know uh, that we're not uh, perfect. And yet you have chosen us in your sovereignty uh, to put us in our matter, in, in, our, in our different positions uh, within Wilton Christian School. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would uh, continue to work. Lord, we thank you for working through Wilton Christian School in the past 50 years, and we pray that we continue to move forward into this year and many years to come. Lord, we think about the importance of the gospel and, and having uh, new spiritual eyes. And so, Lord, I do pray that as the gospel is presented in class or in chapel or or during, during the Van, Gal, Van Gelderen meetings, that, uh, that you would open up hearts and, and eyes of, of students and, and children and teenagers uh, that they might receive the good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, that uh, it wouldn't just this life wouldn't just be about serving ourselves, that our students would not go out and, and, and uh, pursue uh, the joys of this world, but instead, really, they would go out and pursue living for you and find their joy in you, Lord. That whether they have a good day or a bad day, that they would realize that you are always with them, that you never leave them, that you never forsake them. And so, Lord, help us as, as, as a ministry, help us as Wilton Christian School, not just simply prepare our, our kids in an intellectual way, but also in a spiritual way. And lastly, Lord, we think about this uh, future reward. We know that the only way that we can stand before Christ is because of what Christ has done for us. And truly, whatever is accomplished in this life is not done through our strength. And so really, the praise doesn't go to us for this gold, silver, and precious stones. But really, all of this praise goes back to you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy upon our lives. And so, Lord, we... We ask, we beg you that you would use Wilton Christian School, that you would use Wilton Bible Church again this year to touch lives. And that as we touch students' lives, you would help us to reach into families' lives. 
that we might see new families begin to attend Wilton Bible Church or a church of like faith, that they would grow in you. And so, Lord, help us to be Christians who walk not by sight, but Christians who walk by faith. And in Jesus' name, amen.